are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day you're listening to who? The always wonderful and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please, go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are giving uh, World Series predictions, I guess. Uh, I had the White Sox going to the World Series. Uh, they lost today to the Oakland A's, so that kind of messes up that prediction uh, in that one. So that's what happens when you do these predictions too late. You're going to mess some of them up, and that was on me. I should have done this a little bit earlier, probably before the playoffs started, but don't worry. I'm still going to do my series-by-series predictions as we get updated and as we move through the playoffs. So I have my set predictions before the playoffs started, and I got my predictions uh, once the series start and I see who the teams are actually playing against. So I'll have two set of predictions pretty much, but... White Sox losing to the A's really tanked my predictions. And I, that was a series I, I was really excited for, for the White Sox, because I think the Oakland A's are just one of those teams that just always are good in the regular season and then just don't convert it when, once they get to the playoffs. I've never really trusted, uh, trusted them once they got in the playoffs. And they proved me wrong this season, at least for the wild card round. They took down the White Sox after the White Sox won the first game of the series on Tuesday. Uh, behind a strong start by Lucas Giolito, almost throwing a perfect game. But since then, uh, you know, the, this White Sox offense really hasn't been able to do much. It's really been a series about pitching. And it was a, a series that I really thought the White Sox were going to win, but they never cracked more than five runs in any of these games. And they never really had that offensive breakout like I thought they could have because they had Jose Abreu, who had nearly 20 home runs, only 19 home runs. Uh, in the 60-game season, you had Tim, Tim Anderson, who's one of the league leaders in batting average, and you had some other guys, a whole bunch of the, a whole bunch of guys on that White Sox team that hit for double-digit home runs. But I give credit to Oakland A's; they proved me wrong. They stepped up to the plate when they had to. Their offense was good just enough. They scored six runs today to beat the White Sox, but the White Sox outhit the Oakland A's. Uh, 12 to 8 in that game today, but it didn't matter. The The Oakland A's had the timely hits, and they went with one of those. Well, both teams really, both teams went with that pitching by committee. If you look at the box score, you can see what, how many pitchers came in for the A's? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pitchers for the A's came in today, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitchers for the White Sox came in today. He had Mike Fear starting the game for the A's, but he only went 1.2 innings before getting pulled. And Dunning started the game for uh, the White Sox, but he only went uh, two-thirds of an inning. He really didn't go that deep, and they pulled him out pretty immediate, pretty quickly as well. So both of these teams just went with the bullpen by committee pretty quickly, and 
I guess it worked out for both teams. I guess it was a strategy that worked out, at least for the Oakland A's it did. But they got enough from their offense. They got a home run out of Murphy. They had eight hits, as I mentioned. They scored their six runs. And runners in scoring position, I guess, is where the difference was really made in this one. Because I'm looking. Okay, here it is. Runners in scoring position. You would think the A's dominated the White Sox in that category as well. But they were only two for seven in runners in scoring position. While the White Sox were... Three for 14. So the, the the White Sox had double the opportunities of the Oakland A's, and they did get one more conversion than the A's, even though the A's had a better average in that situation. The White Sox should have won that game today, flat out and simple. They kind of did not choke. There wasn't a choke job by any sort of the imagination, but it was definitely uh, a game where you, you laid an egg, I guess. It, it was the kind of series where you had the runners in scoring position. You had the opportunities. And you couldn't come through and you just ruined my playoff bracket. It's like the NCAA playoff bracket where you have that 16 beating a one in the first round. The White Sox really messed up my playoff bracket. And even though the Oakland A's actually had one game uh, lead on the on the White Sox in terms of having a better record, um, I thought the White Sox were the better team. I just really liked their pitching rotation. I really liked their starting lineup. And I never really got behind this Oakland A's team. We'll see they can prove me wrong down the down the stretch in this playoffs but this Oakland A's team I, I never really got a great feel for about pull up their roster once again on baseball reference because maybe maybe I'm the one wrong but uh, you just look at the last couple years before this year um they they lost the wild card round the last couple years they made the postseason the last couple years 91 teams and they couldn't do enough to to make it further into the playoffs and I know I wasn't wrong when I gave my playoff prediction because I'm looking at this team again right now, and it, I, there's nothing really special about it. I'm looking at the starting lineup, uh, and what? are There There are no players in their starting lineup batting at least 250. There are no players in their starting lineup uh, with an OBP at least 370. They have a couple guys at 360, but that, that team OBP is not too good. Their team OPS, no one at least 850, so there's really not a lot of power there's really not a lot of contact on that team for the Oakland A's I mean their best power hitter has been Matt Olson with 14 and then Chapman at 10 and then no one else in the double figures only four guys on the roster with at least seven and it just hasn't been a, a great year really for who they thought was going to be their stud and just their best player in the middle of their lineup Marcus Simeon who after almost winning the MVP last year really has come back to earth 223 batting average, uh, OPS at 679. Uh, he's got seven dingers on the season at least, but this team, or excuse me, before I said they only have four guys with at least seven home runs. I didn't see Simeon. At least five guys on this team with seven home runs, including Marcus Simeon, but his numbers on the year just haven't been impressive. And if you look at that Oakland A starting rotation, outside of Bassett, you know, everyone has above four ERA. Fears, Luzardo, Mania, uh, excuse me, Mania, Montez, uh, Miner, all, everyone in their starting rotation outside of Chris Bassett. And they have six listed guys in their rotation. Really, the six guys, probably more of a spot starter, long relief kind of guy. But everyone who does start for this team, it hasn't really been that effective this season. But they do have a shutdown bullpen led by Liam Hendricks, who's one of the best in the league. And they're, they're, the rest of their bullpen's pretty stout as well. A whole bunch of guys in this bullpen throwing at least a, uh, having at least a below 2.0 ERA so that bullpen 
really is dominant, but that starting rotation I don't like. I think their lineup is disgusting as well, but somehow they pulled it off, and I don't want to call it an upset because they do have a better record than the White Sox, but it was definitely a series I wouldn't have expected. So messed up my playoff bracket, but I still got one team alive. That counts as my pre-playoff prediction for the World Series, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they're easily the World Series favorites. They have easily the best team in the sport. But do I think they're actually going to put it all together and win the World Series? I do not. You can make the argument they've had the best team the last two seasons, but I think it's just something fundamental within the core of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know what it is. It could be a culture thing. Maybe it's from the top, but it's kind of like one of those teams like, you know, the Clippers who doesn't matter how good their team is. They just can never get out the second round, and we saw it again this year. And it could be, you know, Clint Kershaw could play a factor. Maybe it's ownership. Kershaw is one of those guys who's Peyton Manning-esque. All-time, all-time great in the regular season. Maybe the greatest ever in the regular season, just like a Peyton Manning. When we get to playoffs, uh, there's a, probably 10 guys you'd rather have once the playoffs start. Regular season, I don't know if there's a pitcher in their prime I'd rather have over Clint Kershaw. But postseason? There are guys right now who are not even all-stars who I might take over Clayton Kershaw in the postseason because that's how bad it's been for Kershaw in the postseason. His ERA in the postseason is a two points higher than it is in the regular season. He goes from a 2-4-3 kind of guy to a 4-4-3 kind of guy once he gets to the postseason, and that just shouldn't be right. There's something not right there. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why the Dodgers can never get it together and put all their – you know, get all their ducks in a row once a World Series comes. Maybe it's because they've gone against alleged two cheating teams the last two years. I guess it's not really even alleged with the Astros, even though the Red Sox feel a little bit more alleged. But they, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they go against cheating in the World Series, but they have not been able to overcome their World Series woes. Uh, part of it's because of Kershaw. Part of it's some of other variable, other variables why they haven't been able to win. But if I do see the, the Dodgers in that World Series, I will not be picking them. I don't think they're mentally tough enough to overcome who's, whatever opponents in front of them. I don't care. It's obviously not going to be the White Sox anymore. I'm a huge Mookie guy. I'm a, I think he's arguably the best player in baseball. In the postseason, give me Mookie every time over Mike Trout. Give me Mookie every time in those clutch situations over Mike Trout. But I don't think Mookie's going to be enough to overcome the struggles that the Dodgers will face in the postseason or, ex excuse me, specifically in the World Series. So for that reason, I'm picking whoever comes out of the American League to defeat the Dodgers in seven games in the World Series. Now coming up, I'll tell you the 10 best players in the postseason. It might even include a White Sox who got eliminated today. But first, let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Wind or often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning Wait while the cowman orders the computer orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. If access with you have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. 
Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked down in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And let's break down the top 10 players in this postseason. And it might even include a guy who's already eliminated. But let's first start with number 10. I got Garrett Cole as number 10 on my playoff rankings heading into the postseason. Garrett Cole has been phenomenal this year. I feel like we haven't had a lot of Garrett Cole talk just around baseball in general. I feel like when he was with the Astros, he was a guy that I just heard a lot about in the news for him. For his dominance, really, and he was super dominant last year. Led the American League in ERA, led the American League in strikeouts, uh, FIP, ERA plus. But maybe he hasn't been as dominant this year. But he still has a two eight four ERA, very close to the two uh, two point five he had last year. His strikeouts per nine dipped a little bit from thirteen point eight, which led the league in twenty nineteen, but still eleven point six this year. He has nearly a hundred strikeouts. He's at ninety four. He has two complete games on the year. One shutout. So, uh, Garrett Cole is my number 10 player on this rankings. And then number nine, I got Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna, I feel like, has been a little up and down, a little, uh, dare I say, inconsistent this year. Now, his numbers on the season are still pretty phenomenal. His batting average is a little too, it's a little low for my liking, only 250, but when your OBP is above 400, when your slugging's at 581, OPS 987, it makes up for a lot of it, I'll say. Uh, the RBIs really hasn't been there for him this season. Only 29, but still 14 home runs, still a power guy. Eight stolen bases, so still got the speed as well. He's doing some other things uh, around the diamond. We know about his defense, uh, and he's still producing with the extra base hits. He's still got the pop and things like that. So Ronald Acuna is my number nine guy in the playoffs. Number eight, Jose Ramirez. Not Jose Abreu, but Jose Ramirez because Jose Ramirez has been a stud this season and he's by far been the best player on his own team for the Cleveland Indians. He's batting 292 on the season. His OBP is at 386 and he's got a slugging at 607, which gives him a 993 OPS. So he's got the average, he's got the power, he's on base. His home runs, uh, he's at 17 home runs. He's got 46 ribbies. And I think the most surprising thing about Jose Ramirez, which I really didn't realize until looking at his numbers the other day, I didn't realize he was actually kind of a speedster. 10 stolen bases this year. He's got 24 last year in 2019, 34 in 2018. So he could move pretty well for a corner infielder. Seems a little bit bigger than he is. He, he's a pretty stocky guy, I always thought. He was bigger than he, what he is because of his power, but he's only 5'9", 190, so he, he's uh, got about 10 pounds on me, but two inches shorter, so that's why he looks so big on camera because he's so short, but really, he just got muscle, and he's got some strength to him, so Jose Ramirez, number seven on my top 10 rankings for the playoffs, but number six, here's the Jose you guys want to hear, Jose Abreu. Now, I know he got knocked out today in the playoffs, and he didn't come through like the guy who we expected because in today's game, what did Jose Abreu do? He was one for five, one strikeout, one hit. So he really didn't do anything in today's game. 
really affect it. But on the season, the regular season, we, we can't discredit what this guy did. He led the league in slugging 617, a 987 OPS, 370 OBP, but 317 batting average. Led the American League in RBI 60. Led the American League in hits 76. 19 bombs. So he absolutely crushed the ball this year. And I don't even know who led the league in home runs this year. I'm pretty surprised to hear that he didn't lead the league. Oh, Luke Voigt had 22, so that's who led the league in. But 19 bombs is an insane amount in only 19 games. I mean, if you pro- I mean, not, not 19 games. 19 home runs is an insane amount in 60 games. And if you prorate that over the course of a full season, that's what, nearly 55 home runs, 55 to 65 home runs. So he was definitely a a beast this year, Uh, you know, to say the least. He's been a guy that's probably like 50 to 65 home runs. So Jose Abreu is number six on my top 10 list. And then number five, I got Manny Machado. Not much to say here. He's been a a stud for years now. He's been a beast for years now. And he's had a a little bit of a down year the last couple of seasons, at least by his standards. We know he can hit for power and average. But last season, 2019, he only batted two fifty six with the San Diego Padres in his first year with the team. 32 home runs still. Only 85 ribbies. But this season... He really picked it up a 304 batting average, 307 OBP, a 950 OPS. And he's got 16 home runs, he's got 47 RBIs, and even got six stolen bases, which is the most since 2014. So you, you like all those numbers. He's got the lead defense once again. So I really like what he's done this year to get the Padres back into the postseason. But number five on my list is Trevor Bauer, who has just been lights out this year as a pitcher. Probably won the favorites to win the NL Cy Young, and how can you blame him? Uh, in 2018, we saw flashes of this guy. He he had a 2 one ERA in 2018, led the league in FIP, but it, it seemed like an outlier kind of year because he had one, two, three, four, five, six seasons prior where he never had an ERA below four. And then the year after 2018, which was last year, 2019, he had an ERA of 4-4-8, so it seemed like he went right back to his old ways, but... This season, Trevor Bauer has been in his bag, a 173 ERA. Uh, is tied uh, or is actually in the lead in the league lead for shutouts with two and complete games with two. Uh, strikeouts per nine, 12.3. Leads the league in whip at 0.795. Leads the league in uh, ERA plus with 276. Has 100 strikeouts on the year. So not much to say about Trevor Bauer. Been absolutely dominant and shut down this year. Uh, probably the favorite to win the Cy Young in the NL. And then number four on my top 10 list, I got Fernando Tatis Jr. He's been a stud this year. Batting average only 277, but 366 OBP, uh, OPS at 937. He's got 17 home runs, which is more than Manny Machado. He's got 11 stolen bases as well, so I love guys who can hit for power and steal bases, and he's a great defensive player. He can get on base. He can do just about all of it. I think he does a little bit more than Manny Machado and the other guys I've listed so far as positional players. So for that reason, uh, Fernando Tatis, number four. But how about number three on the list? I got Freddie Freeman on my list. He's number three on my list, and it's hard to go wrong with Freddie Freeman. He He's probably going to win MVP this year for the National League because that's how good he's been this year. His batting average is 341 insane, OBP 462, slugging 640. So he has 1102 OPS, which is massive, 13 home runs, 53 RBIs. 
Leads the league in doubles with 23. Run score 51. So just not much to say here. Just been an offensive clinic from Freddie Freeman this year. And we know he's also a good defensive player. Won the gold glove back in 2018. So Freddie Freeman, number eight on my list. And then nine, I got Shane Bieber. This is the quick one. Won the American League Triple Crown for pitchers. Led in ERA, strikeouts, and wins. He had eight wins to lead the league. Led the league with 163 ERA and led the league with 122 strikeouts. Also led the league in ERA plus, FIP at 2.07, hits per nine at 5.4, and strikeouts per nine at 14.2. So easy to see why Shane Bieber is number two on this list, even though he got rocked in his first start. And then last on my list for the best player in the postseason is the just is the best player in baseball. There, 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 there. I said it. He's the best player in baseball. Mookie Betts, number one on my list. 292 batting average, uh, 10 stolen bases, 16 home runs, 366 OBP, 927 OPS. I think there's no one I would rather trust. He's got the playoff experience. He's got the MVPs. He's had another good season, which even by his standards was a down year, which is still probably top five in all of baseball. He's still going to be an MVP candidate just because of how well the Dodgers have been this year. So number one on my prospect, or not prospect rankings, but postseason player rankings is going to be Mookie Betts. So just to run it real quick for you guys one more time to recap it, Garrett Cole at 10, Acuna at 9, Jose Ramirez 8, Jose Abreu 7, number 6, we got Machado, number 5, Trevor Bauer, number 4, Tatis, 3, Freeman, 2, Shane Bieber, and number 1, Mookie Betts to give you my top 10 rankings for the postseason. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Tune back in tomorrow. Well, I have one more interesting topic to talk about pertaining to the MLB postseason. But as always, stay healthy and stay tuned for more Dimebacks coverage and insight by the podcast that brings brings you more news and coverage because it's your team every day. Peace!